Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. This week on It Starts With Attraction. So maybe it's asking yourself first, what can I do in the first 10, 20, 30, maybe even 60 minutes of my morning that is going to start my day with no stress? There's a process to falling in love. And it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. When people first hear the concept of pies, for many people, it just sticks. It provides a framework that they can think through and easily remember to guide them through what they should focus on in order to become the most attractive they can be, which really boils down to becoming the best version of themselves. For those of you who may be new to the pies concept, I'll briefly break it down for you. But for those of you who have been followers for a longer period of time, then stick around for this whole episode because I'm going to share with you some specific ways that I work on my pies and ways that I encourage others to work on theirs in some topics under each part of the pies. So for those of you who are new, PIES is an acronym. The full term is the PIES of Attraction. And yes, it is trademarked because it is my intellectual property. But it is a framework to guide you through the four areas of attraction. The P stands for physical attraction. And it's not just about how you look. It's also about how you physically feel. So yes, there is a component of attraction that is about looks, but it's really more about looking the best that you can for your age and your situation in life. In my 30s, I'm not going to compare myself to even me when I was in my 20s. I was asking my husband the other day when he has felt like I have been the most attractive in my life, especially physically. And he said, probably back when you were doing CrossFit. Now, I was 24 when I was doing CrossFit, and yes, I looked great, but I also drove my body into the ground and actually suffered a lot of long-term consequences that affected my health because of how much I was working out and not feeding my body enough to actually get through that, and then I became obsessed with my weight, and it triggered uh, some disordered eating that I had had from my past. And it was a perfect storm that led to a ton of adrenal fatigue. So about two years into doing CrossFit, every single day, I wouldn't give myself a break. And, um, and at first, it was really great. I felt good. I was looking great. I was getting strong. But, yet, but I became so addicted to the competition of it and just wanting to do better and do more that I started doing more CrossFit. And I thought, well, maybe I should even eat less so that I'll look even better. 
that was the downfall of everything. The vanity led to my physical downfall because after two years of doing that to my body, literally one morning, I woke up. It was a Sunday. I remember I went out to our garage. We had just moved to a new place in Fort Rucker, Alabama. And we had gotten there. Of course, I had my gym equipment because I wouldn't travel anywhere or move anywhere without all of my rogue equipment. And I went out to the garage just to do a simple warm up with a barbell. And I couldn't lift it. I knew something was wrong because a couple of hours after that, I still tried to push through the workout, but a couple of hours after that, my my mom was in town. She was helping us get set up in our new apartment in Alabama, and we had driven to Lowe's, and we were just sitting in the parking lot, and right before I was about to get out of my mom's Suburban, it felt like I had just taken a bottle of Benadryl. My body, like the fatigue, the tiredness, I lost all energy that I had. And it stayed that way for six months. I went to so many doctors to try and figure out what was going on. I was in my master's program at the time and I couldn't even stay awake long enough during the day to get work done. It was incredibly difficult. I was always tired. And guess what? Like an idiot, I was still trying to do CrossFit every day when my body was wanting a break. Because of me continuing to push through, not recognizing that it was my adrenals, I had so much stress going through my body because of workouts and because of life life stress during that time. That was also during the time that Rob and I were going through our marriage problems. And so everything was stressful. I wasn't taking care of myself. I felt like crap. I started gaining weight, even though I was working out more and eating less. Ultimately, long-term ended up drastically affecting my hormones and altering my my menstrual cycles, which as a woman, especially as a 25, 26, 27-year-old woman, your health is in your hormones and in your menstrual cycle. And I lost mine, lost it for several months. It was a big concern and it took me years, years of taking care of my body to get back to a place where I had healthy hormones again, where my stress levels were under control and where my menstrual cycles were happening on a regular basis. Y'all, I know that for some of the men, maybe this isn't what you want to hear or talk about, but it matters for men too. There will be an episode coming out on It Starts With Attraction about hormones, male hormones and female hormones, two separate episodes. But female hormones run on a 28 to 32 day basis and male hormones reset every 24 hours. Why is that important to know? Because it's a huge part of how we feel physically. And so many of us don't even focus on the things that we're doing or the way that we're taking care of ourselves in order to really take care of these hormones in our body that are helping us function to the best of our abilities. So it's not just about how you look and comparing it to the age and situation you are in life to another age and situation in life. So when I asked Rob that the other day, and he said, probably when you were doing CrossFit, we both kind of laughed because we both said, there's no way I'm going back to that. There's no way my body will ever look that way again because I am unwilling to put my body through what it went through to get to where it was back then. And that's fine. That's okay. I am willing to sacrifice a couple of pounds, five to 10 more pounds on my body for me to actually feel better. 
And that is what physical attraction is. Intellectual attraction is about being a fascinating person, having a variety of interests, having a love to learn, a desire to continue to learn, because that is what keeps us fascinating to talk to. It's also what keeps us intellectually motivated to go out there, do more in the world, engage in different hobbies, and we have a richer life experience because of that. I personally have a love to travel and a love to try new foods, new cuisines, new ethnicities, different cultures. I love immersing myself in them. I be- for me, it's just what gives me a love of, of the world and appreciation for my culture and other cultures and be- to be able to see things from a broader viewpoint. But that's what I love. And that's what my husband and I, it's something we love to do together. But then there are, of course, things that I enjoy doing separately from my husband that are my own personal interest. Pursuing my PhD in psychology is one of those things that I I enjoy doing. I don't love the papers that I have to write, but I do love the research and the learning and the continual knowledge, thirst for more knowledge. I love learning more about Israeli culture, about the Middle Eastern viewpoint that applies a lot to my faith. I love understanding uh, Hebrew and the actual Hebrew of scripture because that's just something that I love to do. But what is it for you? What do you love to do? What are your favorite hobbies? What are the things that get you interested, that get you motivated to go and do new things? Because that's an important part of attraction. Emotional attraction is all about evoking emotions within others that they enjoy feeling. And I believe it starts with evoking emotions within yourself that you enjoy feeling. This really gets into a lot of self-awareness and really becoming curious about yourself. One of the things that in a previous episode, I asked Dr. John Gottman, the leading researcher in marriage and divorce, I asked him, what does it take to have a healthy, long-lasting marriage? And he said, it's all about staying curious about the other person. I would extrapolate that and say, what does it take to have a healthy relationship with yourself for your whole life? It's about staying curious about you. I have dived deep into this over the past two to three years. Really, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but really coming to terms with some traumatic experiences, some little t traumatic experiences that happened to me earlier in my life. And and instead of continuing to push it to the side and, and not wanting to deal with it or thinking about it, I realized it's probably connected to my anxiety and why I've had anxiety for so many years of my life. And so I started going to therapy, went to EMDR, eye movement rapid desensitization therapy, and it really helped me to unleash some of those memories from my past and work through them. I connected a lot of dots as to why some of those experiences affect me to where, to why and how I react to the way I do now. And it took some of the power away of it. I realized that the reason I was anxious so much is because I had a deep-rooted belief that no one else was going to look out for me. No one else wanted to protect me. And so I had to protect myself. 
And that showed up with me having a lot of anxiety and fear, especially around health-related issues. So I, I've struggled with hypochondria um, for several years. I, but I can tell you in the past two to three years as I've been working through these emotions of mine and these false beliefs that I've had about my past and how I felt others felt about me, um, my anxiety has been so much better. My hypochondria has been so much better. And I also made a rule as a side note to just stop Googling anything about my health. (laughs) And that definitely helped as well. But those positive emotions, when I'm anxious, when I'm worried, when I'm fearful, it's hard for me to show up and evoke positive emotions within others because I don't feel like my own emotions are being met. And part of that is because I'm not treating myself in a way that my emotions can be met. And then spiritual attraction is all about living in line with your beliefs and values. Faith can have a huge part of this because it really uh, forms what a person's beliefs and values are. And as a Christian, my beliefs and values based on the full belief that scripture is true and inerrant definitely has a an influence on what my beliefs and values are in the world. A strong belief that everyone should be treated with love and respect, no matter what, that we should forgive even in the most difficult of circumstances, that we, it's not a person's actions that tell us about who they are. It's about their character and loving the person and loving the character, even when their actions go against, um, what I believe or even what they believe or even how it affects other people. That's that's a lot of the beliefs and values that I hold. But what are those for you? What are your beliefs and values that you want to live out in the world because you believe they are good and they are going to be what makes a world, the world, a better place? That's an overview of the pies and how they apply in our life. And hopefully some of the ways I've explained it this time, even for our pies veterans, you have even thought even more about all of these things. But I want to share with you some tactical ways that you can work on becoming your best self and working on your pies in each of these areas. And I will say that all of these came from a full course that I created called the Your Best Self Course. Because I believe that we can all work towards becoming our best selves, but it takes intentionality. I loved creating it. It's research-based. I, it was my passion project. It is my passion project because I fully believe in the power of the pies. But I'll give you in this episode just a couple of things that I talk about. Not, I don't give you every, I'm not going to talk about every aspect of all of these in this episode. I'll give you some quick tips. So in the physical part of attraction, we can really break it down to a couple of things. Um, Fully in the course, I talk about nutrition. I talk about movement. I talk about style. So even just how we dress and how we feel about how we dress. I talk about stress management and I talk about sleep and sunlight. But today I'm going to give you some quick tips specifically in the area of stress management. Because as I said, feeling the best that you can is a huge part of physical attraction and nothing can knock you off more than stress. Stress and the raising of cortisol, especially for chronic time, so for when it happens over a long period of time and stays elevated, can wreak havoc. I believe, if I remember correctly, that stress is the number one cause of disease, especially in America. I just want that to settle in for you. I remind myself of this all the time when I'm worried about this or that. I'm saying, you know, I think to myself, you know what? 
I have to stop stressing, it's going to end up causing me a health problem. Unfortunately, just telling yourself to stop stressing is not going to be the cure for actually stopping stressing. But what is it that you can do? You can start your morning off right. This is the biggest thing for me. It's a total game changer. If the first thing I do is pick up my phone and check Slack or email or Instagram or heaven forbid, Facebook, I hardly ever get on Facebook anymore. But if I start there, I already am raising my cortisol and feeling stressed for the rest of my day. That's not what anyone wants. That's not what I want for me. It's definitely not what I want for you. And I would hope it's not what you want for you. So maybe it's asking yourself first, what can I do in the first 10, 20, 30, maybe even 60 minutes of my morning that is going to start my day with no stress? Part of that is not drinking coffee until maybe 60 to 90 minutes after you've woken up. Your cortisol is actually supposed to be at its highest when you first wake up in the morning and it begins to dip about 60 to 90 minutes is actually 90 minutes after you wake up. And so if you really want to take advantage of, first of all, getting the most advantage out of coffee, but second of all, not further increasing cortisol beyond what's needed, then really think about not drinking coffee until 90 minutes after you wake up because that's when the cortisol begins to dip. But another thing about that is coffee for many people is more anxiety producing and it can cause jitters. I know this is true for me. I've had to move to half-calf because of that very reason. So think about Coffee being one part, maybe it's tea. I love there being a ritual that people follow in the mornings. For me, it's that I have some, I have quiet time before everyone gets up. I spend some time in prayer, in reading, in journaling, and I go outside and work out. All of those things have to happen for me. It is my morning ritual that de stresses me. I don't check my email. I don't check my phone. I mean, I'll check my phone for like weather or time, but I'm not checking any of the things of what other people's expectations are for me of the day until way later in the day. I need to get my stuff done first. I need to care for myself first. So physically manage your stress. And part of that is by starting a morning routine. Intellectually, what are some things that you can do? I love this one. Learn one new thing. There's so many great apps out there that you can follow or people that you can even follow on Instagram who are sharing exciting things, even places like NASA or Nat Geo that are talking about different areas of space or of the world and sharing some things that maybe you didn't know could be some great ways to learn something new in a week. Do something. Maybe it's on a daily basis that you want to learn a quick thing and share it with someone else, but I will say that's the key. Don't just learn something. Really take the time to share it. Maybe even, this is something I've started doing with my daughter, I write her a little note because now she's reading a lot. She's in first grade and she's trying to become even more fluent with reading. And so maybe you take some time for your kids, if you have them, that you learn a new fact and you write it on a little sticky note and put it in their lunchbox with a little note at the end that says, I love you. I think that's a great way to do it. Emotionally, man, there are a ton of ways that we can work on becoming even more emotionally attractive. And there's a lot of things we could even break it down into what you shouldn't do and things that you should do. 
I'm going to share one of each with you today. One of the things to stop doing is having feelings of contempt. This is really based in research. When contempt shows up in any relationship, it is highly likely to lead to the end of that relationship. But what is contempt? Contempt is having a feeling of inferior, of superiority over another person and believing that you're better than them. Mm. Mm. When we think about the world today, when we think about the situation we're all in, isn't it interesting how many people, especially depending on subjects and beliefs and politics and blah, 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 they will feel like they are better than everyone else, like they hold a knowledge that other people don't have, and therefore the other people are less than. They're stupid. They're they're not they're not thinking straight. They're not they're not who I want them to be. They're not the kind of people I want to be around because they don't hold the same beliefs I do or the same views I do about things. This is contemptuous behavior, and it is rabid in our world today. What I want to encourage you with is stop being contemptuous. And I love how Adam Grant puts it. I just saw something he put on Instagram again another day. I'm very Side note, I am very selective about who I follow on Instagram. I'm not going to follow hundreds of accounts. In fact, I try to keep it to under 60 or 70. I'll keep a couple of friends. And then, but if it's any kind of thought leader profile or anything like that, I go through and intentionally curate that about once every month and get rid of people or things or just accounts that I've noticed this isn't serving me well. Whenever I read the things that they're posting, it's making me angry or more angry towards people that I don't want to be angry towards, get rid of them. I get rid of them. And I really am only intentional about the people who have really balanced views and treat people with respect and don't use sarcasm towards others. So that was a side note, but in Adam Grant, he said just the other day, you don't want in a disagreement, you really shouldn't want the other person to just say, you know what? You're right. Instead, the better response to seek for is, you made me think. How can we approach our conversations and the views that we bring to the table with curiosity about how other people are thinking about the subject? And how can we present our views and our beliefs in such a way that it's inviting to make people think or to encourage people to think about a different viewpoint instead of just shutting them down and making them feel less than? a way to help emotional attraction. I told you I would tell you something positive to do. Give someone a compliment. Every day, focus on one person that you can give a compliment to. Maybe it's your barista at Starbucks or someone you pass in the grocery store, or maybe it's someone that lives in the house with you. When's the last time you complimented those people? Give a compliment. And then finally, when thinking about spiritual attraction, this one causes people to stumble a lot because a lot of people say, I don't know, how do I identify my beliefs and values, especially if I don't have a particular faith that I follow? One of the things that I love to do in this, and it's one of the exercises we go through in the Your Best Self course, is going through a values exercise. Now, you can just go online and look up a values sheet. Um, I, I don't know what it would be called. I include one in the course. And the idea is you look at that sheet, it has a bunch of words on it, like, uh, you know, encouragement or competition or achievement or loyalty or courage or freedom or wisdom or discernment. There's, I mean, probably 50 to 100 words on a lot of these sheets. 
And the idea is you go through and you circle the ones that resonate most with you and you dwindle it down until there's only about five or less, ideally three, and maybe even the one that most strongly resonates with you. And those are words that theoretically are embodying the things that we value. And so a great question is to come back to yourself and ask yourself, how am I living out these values that I have? Those are powerful questions. I encourage you to take some time to think about those until next week. Stay strong.